was horrible. What's up, Big Sal? Come on, guys. I missed you so much. Thank you guys uh, for just holding it down while I was gone. In case you didn't know, I've been uh, absent the last couple of weeks, which is rare for me. Uh, but I had a good excuse. Uh, my wife and I welcomed in our new baby girl, Olivia Faith. Uh, as a matter of fact, got a couple of pictures in case you didn't follow me on social media. That's our new baby. She was born uh, August 21st at 6.18 a.m. It was a quick delivery. My wife's water broke at 3.45, and the baby was born at 6.18. And there's Josie and her sister, Olivia. They absolutely adore each other for now, hopefully forever. Uh, but I am truly blessed. Uh, I'm truly blessed, and I'm truly tired. I spent the last two weeks at home uh, helping my family adjust to having two kids under two. Now, Olivia, she just eats, sleeps, and poops. That's like 99% of what she does. The other percent is crying. Uh, but here's the deal. As I was hanging out with my daughters and with my wife, uh, I, I, I was cognizant of the reality that these are really special moments that I was very glad that I got to be home for. On top of the fact that we're you know, adjusting and figuring out how to manage this and you know, you got a toddler and my older daughter, Josie, who's running around and wants attention and is probably watching me right now. And, and then you have Olivia, who needs attention constantly because she really can't do anything for herself. And so, you know, we're, we're adjusting to that. Uh, but there are moments that I had with my baby girls that uh, I realized I'm going to miss when they grow up. There's going to come a moment where they don't want to hold my hand and they don't want to give me those kind of cuddles and they don't want to just sit on my lap and watch TV. And so as I was sitting there... I was soaking it up, man. I was getting all the cuddles I can get, and I still try to do that every day and just love on my girls. Uh, but here's the thing. I, there's a lot of things that I'm going to miss, but there's some stuff that I won't miss. Um, I won't miss uh, dirty diapers. Uh, my newest daughter, Olivia, has already pooped and peed on my hands like the first day. And so it's so funny when they're your kids, you don't care, but it's still poop, you know? So it's like, ugh. Uh, and so I'm not going to miss that. Uh, I won't miss tantrums. My, uh, you know, 20-month-old has had a few mega meltdowns and tantrums and yelling and screaming. And she goes into, like, full exorcism mode where she, like, contorts and twists. And she got a big old head. And so sometimes she swings her head and headbunts me. And it, it, can be, it can be intense. And so I'm not going to miss that. I won't miss waking up every couple of hours because Olivia's crying and wants to eat every couple of hours. And just, you know, here's the thing. Some of us, we could stay up all night. That's not hard. It's going to sleep and being woken up every hour that hurts. That's the kind where you're like waking up and you're feeling utterly exhausted in the morning. So I'm not going to miss that aspect of their childhood. But the reality is, at some point, my babies won't be babies anymore. At some point, children, they grow up. I mean, they'll always be my children, but at some point, they won't be considered children. And as I was thinking about that, I asked the question, well, when is that? At what point are you no longer considered a child? I mean, it depends, I guess, on who you ask and on the context of what you're looking at. I mean, here at church, once you get into sixth grade, we take you out of children's ministry and we allow you to then come into the youth program. 
Uh, if you look at Jewish culture, they throw things called bar mitzvahs for their 13-year-old men or boys that they say now that you're 13, you're officially a man, and they throw this big party to celebrate their coming into manhood. Uh, at 16, you are trusted enough to be given a license and to drive on the road. How many of you guys can drive already? See, that's why I don't like driving, because people like you, I'm already freaked out about that. Some of you, because I've known you so long, I see pictures of you driving, and I'm like, "Mm mm-mm, we ain't going outside, not not while they're outside. But for whatever reason, you know, you're of the age where they think, well, they're old enough to be trusted with this. At 21, culture begins to view you as a full-on adult. And at 25, which Sal, I believe, just turned yesterday, give it up for Sal, hitting that quarter-century At 25, insurance companies think you're old enough to start charging you less. So there's different levels, I guess, of maturity and leveling it up. And and depending on who you ask, you know, you might be still considered a child. Some people still think of me as a child. I guess that can be relative. But here's the thing that I was thinking. What if age has very little to do with being childish? What if it's not about the age? Because here's the reality. I've met plenty of adults in life who are more childish than actual children. Am am I right? Anybody ever seen that before? Anybody know? Like I remember as a kid, uh, I remember as a kid, I was like 12 or 13, and I remember thinking like, how am I going to drive? Like driving to me was kind of scary because I remember hearing my older sister, she would name streets. And I don't know, as a kid, you kind of only know the streets you're on. You don't know the names of all that. And I would hear it be like, oh, yeah, that's over by Belmont and Sacramento. And I'm like, how does she know that? Like, how do they know? Like, I felt like they, like driving, they would give you a book and you had to memorize all the street names. Like, that's what I thought it was. So I remember as a kid being afraid, like, I won't be able to do it. I, I, I can't drive. I, and then I remember one day seeing one of my buddy's older brother's who was a, a, just an idiot. Like, the guy was just a moron. And I remember seeing him drive down the road, and literally, I kid you not, this is what I thought. If that idiot could drive, I could drive. <laughs> Why? Because he was such a child. Because age doesn't matter, because there are full-on adults who act like children. I mean, all you got to do is look at videos on social media, and you'll find hours worth of grown adults Old people acting like children, throwing tantrums. You got the Karens and the Kens acting like complete idiots in supermarkets and making fools out of themselves. And it's all these adults who still act like kids. So I don't think it has a lot to do with age. See, I believe growing old is natural, but growing up is a choice. I think growing old is natural, but growing up is a choice. Because you can keep growing naturally. As long as you're alive, you will continue to age. You are older right now than when you first walked through that door. You are constantly growing, but some of you are unwilling to grow up. And, and again, I, I get your age. I get that, well, you know, why do I got to grow up? I'm 12. You're 12, but you're not 12 months. Right? There is a level of growth that happens at every stage of life, and it's your choice. You have to decide, am I willing to grow? Especially when it comes to growing spiritually. Some of y'all think because you've been in church your whole life that that has something to do with your spiritual maturity. Yeah, well, you know, I've gone to this church like my dad grew up in this church. Who cares? You could be here your whole life and still be a child. You can be, you, you could have built the church for all we know 
and still be a child. Because it's not about time put in, it's about effort put in. It's not about how long you've been here, it's about what you've done while you were here. And so tonight, we're kicking off this series called Growing, because healthy things grow. And I want to talk about having spiritual health and growing in a way that God has called us to grow. Because each and every one of us, God has called us to grow. And the verse that I want to focus in on specifically tonight, if you're taking notes, tonight's message is called Growing Up. And I want you to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, this is a really famous chapter, particularly when it comes to weddings, because it's a whole chapter on love. It's the love, you know, is kind, it, it does not seek, you know, it's all those things that you hear at weddings. Somebody gets up, and they always open up to 1 Corinthians 13, and they read the whole love is thing. <laughs> but then there comes a point, because when Paul is writing this, what he's saying is, guys, you guys have a misunderstanding of spiritual maturity. You think because you can do all these things that it makes you mature, but you're lacking in love, and love is the most important aspect. Not love between a husband and a wife, but love for people, love for God, love in your growth. But he says something really interesting that has always stuck with me from the first time I heard it in verse 11. Listen to what the Bible says. He says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned as a child, but when I grew up, I put away childish things. There's another translation that says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. As a, as a man, that always hit me dead in the chest. It, it was always like one of those like grow up kind of moments. And I get it because a lot of times we put that onus on people in a wrong way. And, and it comes across as negative. Usually you hear grow up when you get caught doing something dumb and somebody looks at you and goes, why don't you grow up? And so naturally we buck against that. But growing up is important because growing up is a sign of health. It, it, when my daughter was born, uh, Josie actually, and they came for her six-month checkup, they were like, well, we're not seeing the kind of growth that she probably should be seen, and so they had to do a bunch of tests. Now, thank God, it was nothing serious, and she eventually did grow to where she needed to grow. It was just one of those moments where it stopped. But it was enough for the doctor to say, hey, let's check just in case something's not right. Because healthy things grow. And so I want to look at these three areas that Paul says, hey, I had no time for this anymore. Three areas that children do that are, that are childish in nature. And if you're taking notes, the first thing is this, childish speech. Childish speech. When I think about childish speech, here's what I think about. Do you ever notice that children have no filter? You know what I mean? Like children will say things where you're like, oh, my God. Right? Like a child will tell you to your face, yo, you're fat. And you're like, dang, bro. Like, I know we all know, but you're not supposed to say it. And they won't even say it like me. They'll just be like, why are you so fat? And you're like, uh, why is your tooth like that? And you're like, dude, seriously, why does no one want to sit with you and be your friend? It's like, oh, my gosh. Like, why are you ripping me apart? Why? Because children got no filter. Children will tell you the most embarrassing things about their parents. Right? I've seen it. Maybe you haven't seen it because you're not hanging around a lot of parents. But I have literally seen kids come up to me and go, my mom had diarrhea yesterday. And I'm like, oh, snap. That's something I did not want to know. 
right? They'll just say it. Why? Because they don't have filters. They don't know they're not supposed to say stuff. Even at church, when you're here on a Sunday and people bring their kids, their kids don't care that preaching's going on. They'll yell out. They'll shout. Whenever my nieces were in churches, they were little girls, and I would be preaching, they would start shouting out, Theo, hi, Theo. And I'm like, oh, okay, got to try to ignore her right now. Why? Because children don't have filter. Children speak first and they think later. And I think sometimes we misunderstand what is meant by a filter. A filter is not a muzzle. A muzzle prevents you from speaking. I'm not saying that if you are going to grow up that you need to censor everything you say and never speak because that's not true. And most of the time, especially when you're treated like a child, people constantly tell you to shut up. I'm not saying shut up. I'm saying filter your speech. And by filter, think about it like a Brita filter, right, like a water filter in your home. What you want is water. What you don't want is all the nasty stuff that's in the water, right? I want the water. I don't want all the metal taste and I don't want all the soap. I don't want all the other stuff. I want the water. And so what do you do? You buy a filter to purify the water to make sure you're getting the thing you need, not the thing that you don't need. And as you begin to mature, when you decide to be an adult, to grow up, to begin to be taken seriously, part of how you do that is learning to filter your speech, Sometimes we, we get frustrated because we're like, well, how come nobody ever takes me seriously? Because nothing you say is serious. Why would they take you seriously if everything you say is foolish? If everything you're saying is dumb and you're like, everybody treats me like I'm dumb. Because that's all we hear from you is dumb things. When you learn to filter, and can I just tell you guys, I am preaching to me. This was my greatest struggle growing up. Oftentimes, your greatest strength is also going to be your greatest weakness. I have always been able to talk, but what came out of my mouth wasn't always good. And for years, I struggled with filtering my speech. I remember literally when I first started coming to Excel, I remember the youth pastor taking me and my buddy out one time. We went to go play golf, and he's dropping me off at my house, and he's like, hey, Joey, man, is there anything I can pray for you before I drop you off? And I remember thinking in my head, nah, man, I'm good, you know? I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't have sex. Like, I do all the, like, holy things. I go to church. Nah, bro, I'm good. He goes, are you sure? There's nothing. And then I thought, well, I mean, I kind of swear, which was a lie. I swore a lot. I swore, like, I just, every other word was a cuss word because that's how everyone around where I grew up talked. I just knew not to swear at home and not to swear at church. But everywhere else, I cussed it up. And so I remember he goes, well, let me pray for that. And literally, as he's laying hands and praying for my speech, I'm thinking, yeah, buddy, that's not going to change. That's just how I talk. It was a refusal to mature. It was an understanding and, and, a, and a decision to stay like a child. Listen, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20 through 21 says, wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Your tongue can either bring life to somebody by encouraging someone, by, by affirming somebody, by saying something that lifts people up, or your speech can be destructive. Now, let me clarify a few things. Because right? sometimes when we talk about speech, we, we narrow it down to just cuss words and swear words. And I'm not saying you should, and it took me a while, and I'll, I'll get back to that and stopping to do that. But it's not just cussing. It's what you're saying. 
It's, it's the crude jokes you make about the guys and the girls at school. It's the inappropriate humor that you have just because you think if I say that, I'll get a reaction. And trust me, that was me. I would try to say the most outlandish and, and bold thing because I knew I'd get a reaction from people. And I liked the reaction. I liked when people were like, oh, I can't believe you said that, bro. That's so messed up. And I'm like, yeah. But it was really just attention. I was just wanting people to notice me. But they were noticing me for the wrong things. And I realized that I was using my tongue for death to, to bring people down because of my own insecurities, which, again, by the way, most people who constantly make fun of other people or who talk smack about other people, 99.9% .9 of the time, they're masking for their own insecurity. And by pushing somebody down, they think in their own mind that it lifts them up. It doesn't. It just brings everybody down. And so I was choosing to use a gift that God had given me to hurt people. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 says this, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And then 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12 says this, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for all the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. You can't be taken seriously until you're serious about what you're saying. The Bible tells us from the depths of your heart, the mouth speaks. What's in there comes out. So if all you talk is garbage, it's a good indicator that's all that's in you. But when you start to put life in here, life comes out of there. Now again, there's a filtering process. I mentioned as a kid, that was my struggle. I mentioned that my youth pastor here at Excel tried to pray for me and I literally laughed at the idea but there came a point a couple of years in where God really got a hold of my heart and God really put this passion in my heart to see my friends come to Jesus and to win my school for, for Jesus and to make sure that I was a light. And so I started bringing people to church and I started preaching the gospel and I started taking my pastor's notes and standing on top of a table at McDonald's after school telling everybody the message and trying to convince people to come. But eventually God began to convict me about my speech. And he began to tell me, how are you going to talk about me at one moment with your lips and then curse out and make fun of that other person the next moment with that same mouth? And there's a verse in the Bible that says, how can fresh water and salt water flow from the same stream? In other words, God put me in a moment where he said, Joey, you need to decide. Are you going to mature or are you going to stay a child? Could you imagine if I never grew out of that? I would not have this child as long as I did. I would not be taken seriously. Even as a youth leader, right? As a youth leader, I had stopped swearing, but my jokes weren't clean. And I was still funny and trying to be goofy and inappropriate. And I remember when they told me, hey, there's going to be a moment where you really want to be a pastor. We're going to work with you. We're going to help you do it. And I remember thinking in my head, if I become the pastor, none of the leaders are going to take me seriously. Because the joke in the leadership team at the time was after 1030, Joey's filter goes out the window. And he starts to say the inappropriate things after 10.30. And it became a joke. And here's what I realized. It didn't become a joke. I became a joke. And if I'm a joke, how will anyone ever take me seriously? So when they approached me about becoming that and stepping up to another level, I realized it's in my speech that I got to work on. I had to decide to stop talking like a child, unfiltered and unmasked, and start allowing the Lord to use my mouth for what he wanted to use it for. 
See, only children lack filters. But it's not just in speech. Because Paul says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. And he also said, I thought like a child. If you're taking notes, the second thing is this. Sometimes we struggle not just with childish speech, but childish thinking. What's childish thinking? Well, children tend to think primarily about themselves. When a child is processing something, when they're thinking about something, it's always in the context of them. They always think about what they want to do or how it affects them. It's always me, 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 mine, 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 give me, give me, give me. That's the issue I'm having now with my toddler. Is literally, we'll be sitting there, right? And um, we were having this argument the other day where we had just woken up. I had just got her out of her crib, and I just changed her diaper, and I was sitting her down. I was getting ready to go brush my teeth and make some oatmeal for her. And she looks at me, and she's like, monkey. And most parents know what their kids mean. She wants this program on YouTube where it's monkeys jumping on the bed. And she can watch that stuff for hours. And she goes, monkey. But she had hidden my chancla under the couch. And I was like, give me my chancla. She goes, monkey. I was like, no, give me my chancla because I wanted to teach her not to hide things. She goes, monkey. I kid you not. I had an argument with her for like five minutes. I look her dead in her eyes. I'm like, give me my chancla. And she looked me right back, monkey. She looking at me like I'm stupid. <laughs> I kid you not. At one point I was like, I'm like dead in her face. I'm like, give me my chancla. And she went like this. <laughs> and I was like, you're right. I haven't brushed my teeth yet. My bad. <laughs> Listen, there was no winning this argument. Why? Because she could care less about my chancla. She wanted what she wanted when she wanted it. And that's why she throws all these tantrums. Because she doesn't process. She can't think, why do you not give me what I want when I want it? Right? And that's what happens with a lot of us. When it comes to our spiritual life, when it comes to the things that we're going through, we're so self-centered in our thinking that we only consider how it affects us. We don't care about how it affects our parents. We don't care about how it affects our siblings. We don't care about how it affects other students and other people in our lives. I could care less about them. It's about affecting me. It's my world that I care about. And so the thinking is always self-centered. It's always inward. But 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 20 says this. Brothers and sisters, stop thinking like children. In regard to evil, be infants. But in your thinking, be adults. In the Bible, Jesus talked about uh, having childlike faith. There's a difference between acting or, or being childlike and acting like a child. When he talks about faith, he's saying, listen, you have to have faith like a child in that a child believes. A child doesn't question. A child just has faith. And in that, you can have faith. But in your thinking, grow up. And you're thinking you need to think like an adult, which an adult, it's not all black and white. You understand that when you grow up. You understand that it's not just about you, that the world doesn't fully revolve around you. And so my daughter, she throws tantrums, she kicks and screams because she doesn't understand why she doesn't get what she wants. When it's nap time, and here's the most amazing thing, sometimes it is what she wants, but she doesn't get it. So nap time and sleepy time, right? It's time to go to sleep and it's time to nap. She is tired. She is angry. She's rubbing her eyes. She's like yawning. I go to put her in her crib 
and she starts wailing. No, Poppy! Ah! And I'm like, go to sleep. No! She's like hitting the thing and kicking the rails. She's full on throwing a tantrum, even though what she wants, what she needs, is what I'm giving her. How often do we do that in our relationship with God? Where we kick and we scream and we yell and we curse God, and God's like, I'm giving you what you need. I'm giving you, in reality, what you want. Because guess what? When my daughter wakes up, she doesn't wake up angry, kicking, screaming, mad at me, looking at me up and down. She wakes up happy and refreshed because I gave her what she needed, not what she thought she needed. If God gave you everything you thought you needed, you would be so damaged, it's not even funny. We need to change our thinking from childlike thinking to how God thinks. Right? That's why the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be renewed by the transforming of your mind. Right? It's like, listen, the world thinks like this. Children think like this. But you need to start thinking differently. You need to start perceiving things differently. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 through 5 says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. One of the issues we're seeing in our culture today more than ever before is that everybody only looks out for themselves. This is what I want. This is what I think we should do. It's all about me. I think we should do it this way, and you're wrong, and you're a moron, and there's these constant battles and arguments because nobody wants to think about others anymore. And here what God is saying is, listen, think about other people. I like the way he says it, right? He says, don't look out only for your own interests. What I like about that is he's not saying don't think about yourself at all. It's just don't only think about yourself. Right? You can work, you can look out for yourself. You can make sure you're taken care of. I'm not saying let people take advantage of you. What I am saying is don't be so self-centered that you don't take advantage of helping other people. That's why we made missions such an important thing here at Excel. Because it's not just about raising money, it's about thinking of, about something that's greater than ourselves. It's about providing for the needs of other people. It's about being sacrificial now so that you're sacrificial when you're older. It's about maturing the immature in the room and saying, listen, I'm not going to worry about me. God got me. I'm going to worry about the things that God put in my life to help with. We can't have childish thinking. We can't have childish speech. And the last thing might seem similar to reasoning, but there's a little twist to it, which is childish reasoning. Childish thinking is one thing. Childish reasoning is how we process our eventual thoughts. How we come to a conclusion. And the thing with childish reasoning is a child's reasoning is very simple. Right? It's a very simplistic thinking. They just like, oh, this makes sense and so this is what it is. They don't go too in depth. Case in point, a child's reasoning is so simple that it's why when you were a little kid, you thought the moon was chasing you when you were in the car. Anybody ever felt like that? Anybody look at the moon and you're like, yo, ma, moon's chasing us again. And your mom's like, uh-huh. No, no, no. Look, I'm dead. Like, you're sitting there like, how come ain't nobody, like, taking this seriously? There's a freaking moon chasing our car, and it's only chasing us, right? That, why, why do you think that way? Because it's a simple reasoning. You look. It looks like it's moving. You're moving. 
And the reasoning is simple. Therefore, it's chasing me. Simple reasoning. It's, uh, you know, this idea that we have when you're a kid. I don't know if you guys ever felt like me. Have you ever, like when you were a child, like a small kid, did you ever see like your first or second grade teacher outside of school, like at the store or something? Do you remember how it blew your mind? Because you're like, you exist outside of school? Like, Maybe in your head you thought the teacher lived at school, like that was her house and that's where they lived. But when you saw your teacher outside of school, you're like, why? Like, no, this, this is wrong. This, this shouldn't be. Why? Because we have childlike reasoning. See, children, they're gullible. They lack critical thinking. It's black and white. It's, it is what it is. It is what I see, what I perceive. And so it's easy for a child to misunderstand things. Like so many kids think this, think about this. There are so many kids who think chocolate milk comes from brown cows. I don't know if any of you were in this room like that. Like, yep, I thought chocolate milk came from brown cows. You want to know something crazy? According to a 2017 study by the Innovation Center of U.S. Dairy, 7% of American adults are pretty sure brown cows create chocolate milk. Now, if you don't know anything about percentages, let me break this down for you. That's nearly 16.5 million people who are pretty sure chocolate milk comes from brown cows. Childish reasoning is not limited to children. Childish reasoning is not limited to children. What do I mean by that? You need to be very careful that you study your word and you understand God's truth because the world is inundating you and bombarding you with childish reasoning. What do I mean by that? Well, let's get some of the basic trigger words we hear. Here's something that I keep hearing, manifestation. Listen, if you just manifest it, man, I sat down and I manifested this into existence. What are they saying? They're saying, Childish reasoning. I sat down and I thought really hard every day about this and eventually it happened. That's childish reasoning from the world. Hey, I'm, I'm putting out good vibes to you. Like I'm, I'm throwing out good vibes into the universe so that you can catch it. It's childish reasoning. Especially in, in media, there is such an effort to eliminate God that every time where we used to hear, hey, God bless, or hey, we're praying for you, it's now it's, hey, man, I'm putting good things out in the universe for you. I hope the universe brings this all together. Why? Because it makes more sense if I say the universe. Because it's childish reasoning. And here's the problem. If you think like a child and you reason like a child, what you're going to say is, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Why? Because you're a child and you believe what you hear. And most of us, rather than spending time in our word, understanding God's truth, we spend hours upon hours just watching TikToks and YouTube videos. And we say, well, what, what he said made sense. My dad came up to me the other day. I, I'm so terrified right now because my father, who's in his 70s, he's discovered YouTube. And so he just sits there and he watches a bunch of YouTube videos. And I kept telling him, Pop, be careful what you watch on YouTube because anyone can put a YouTube video out there. And so he's like, oh, look at this. Doctor was saying now that if you, I'm like, no. Like, and he wanted to show me the video. I was like, no, I am not watching that. Da, da, da. He goes, but it makes sense. Just because it sounds right doesn't make it right. 
And this world keeps using, hey, well, doesn't this all make sense? If, if you see, like, I love, especially like the flat earthers, like, who are really convinced that the world is flat. And there was one post that said, we have flat earthers all around the globe. I'm like, how are you going to have a flat earth around the globe? <laughs> but again, it's childish reasoning, right? It, it's, well, you don't see a bend in the horizon, and you're just sitting there like, nosebleed, your head's throbbing. But how many of us, if we're not careful, eventually are going to fall into that same trap? Listen, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14 through 15, says, Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like truth. Hey, that's the trick of the lie, is you got to make it sound spicy enough that it kind of sounds like truth. You got to twist it around just enough. I remember one time I convinced this girl that there were fish in the sky. And she's like, no, there is. I was like, no, seriously, there are these small fish. They're, they're micro in nature. And when water from the ocean evaporates, it actually catches the fish in the evaporation. And they evaporate into clouds. And she looked at me and she goes, wow. And I was like, yeah, if, you're, you know, if you can get a big enough pole, you can act. And she said, no, you're lying. I was like, I was lying the whole time. But, you know, if you say a lie smooth enough, it's really easy to fool people. And the problem now, especially with the way social media is and the fact that anybody can put anything out there, is you don't have to try that hard to convince a mass amount of people that a lie is the truth. See, the easiest way to fall for a lie is when you never took time to learn the truth. That's why he says, then we will no longer be immature like children. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak truth in love, growing a process in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He's saying, listen, the way we're not going to fall for lies anymore, for childish reasoning, is because we're growing in our relationship, our understanding, and our maturity in Christ. And so as we're growing in every way, in the way we think, in the way we speak, in the way we reason, as we grow in every way to become more like Christ, that's how we'll stop falling for all the lies, all the schemes, and all the doubts that the enemy tries to throw in at you. See, this sounds complicated, but it really is simple. Because if you're not growing, you're withering. You have to make a decision in this process of your life to decide, are you going to stay a child or are you going to start to grow? Growing old is natural. Growing up is a choice. I'm saying this because as I've been talking with the team I believe and I'm hopeful that we're going to start to enter into a season of growth spiritually and numerically in this ministry. That's my hope. Not so that I can pat myself on the back and say, look what I did. And, Man, my credentials are solid. I ain't got to impress nobody. Right? The kingdom of heaven, we good. I want that because people are still dying and going to hell. And we have a responsibility of preaching the gospel. We have a responsibility of doing what God called us to do. But we can't do that with a room full of children. And I will never try to treat you like a child if you decide and choose to mature. 
I'll treat you like a child when you act like a child. But when you make a decision to say, Pastor Joey, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I decided to put childish ways behind me. Hebrews chapter 5, as I get ready to close, listen to what the Bible says. Verse 11 through 14. Man, there's so much more we would like to say about this, but it's difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. Look at how harsh this is. Let me just explain contextually how this all went about. When, what we're reading, 1 Corinthians, this is a letter that the Apostle Paul, the one who built and established a church in the area called Corinth, wrote. So what would happen is he would go and he would build up a church in a place like Chicago. And then as he built it up and he raised up leadership and he established a church, he would go to the next place and build another church somewhere else. But then he would check up on that church and he would give instructions and he would correct some things. And that's where we get some of these letters from in the New Testament. So this is a letter that he's writing to the church in Corinth. Now, when the church got the letter, what they would do is the, the pastor, the main person in the church, would stand in front of everybody and he would just read the letter out loud. So, again, I want to give you context so that you understand what I'm saying. It would be like while I was away for two weeks, Pastor Danny or Pastor Jason's like, oh, P. Joy wrote a letter and he wants me to read it to you guys. Hey, man, I'd love to teach you a lot more, but you're stupid. That's what the letter said. Man, I would love to teach you more about this, but it's difficult to explain it to you. Why is it difficult, Paul? Because you're dull and you don't seem to listen. You have been believers so long that you ought to be teaching others. Hey, listen, some of you, you've been in church so long that you should be a leader by now. Instead, you need someone to teach you, again, the basic things about God's word. You're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. My, my baby girl, my new daughter, she's helpless. She cannot feed herself. And so my wife has to feed her. My wife gives her milk. If my daughter Olivia was your age and still needing milk and not able to feed herself, Something is seriously not right. Some of you, you know enough about the Bible and you know enough or you should know enough at this point that you should be able to teach other people in this room about it. And yet every week we got to bring up the same stuff over and over again. Why? You don't listen. Because you refuse to grow up. Because you just show up and you're like, yeah, I'm here, but I'm not doing anything while I'm here. Right? It would be like if I show up to the gym every day, but I never get on a machine. I never lift a weight. I never run. I'm just standing in the middle of the gym, look at my hour, go hours up, and then I leave. If we come to church, that's cool. But if you're not working out your salvation, don't be surprised that there's no gains. Okay? You're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk, it's still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Through training. What's training? It's an effort that you put into growing beyond where you used to be. It's a decision to say, I am putting childish ways behind me, and I am deciding to grow up. Now, why am I so adamant about this? Because truth be told, 
for those of you who don't know my story, I was raised in church. I knew God's truth. I understood God's truth. I even feared God. But I wasn't really living for God, and I wasn't growing in my relationship with God. And then I started coming to Excel when I was about 15 years old. And I was really excited because there was teenagers here, and I didn't really grow up with other teenagers that were Christians. And, and there was live music, and it was nowhere near even as good as what we have. And, uh, you know, it wasn't, Excel wasn't what it is, right? It was still kind of newer, but I, I loved it. But I still wasn't growing spiritually. I just liked showing up. I liked playing the games. I liked hanging out. And there came a point as I was learning more and I was starting to read my Bible and I was starting to develop where God began to develop things in me. God began to pull giftings in me and God began to call me into a purpose that he had for my life. And I remember on one occasion, we were as a youth group visiting with another youth group. We were having kind of this rally thing. And I remember we're at the church, and I'm at the altar, and I'm responding to the altar, and I'm crying out to God. And there was a sister in our church who was a leader in our youth ministry, an older lady. And she came over to me, and she laid hands on me. She began to pray, and then she began to prophesy over me. And uh, I say prophecy because I don't want you to be fearful of that word. But that's a, a fancy way of saying she began to communicate to me something that she felt God was speaking to her for me. And this is what she began to say. When I was a child... I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. And I sensed this deep conviction from the Lord. Joey, it's time to grow up and grow into the purpose that I have for your life. Stop acting like a kid and start becoming who I called you to be. It was such a pivotal, transformative moment for me because it was in that moment that I realized God, you've given me a gift and an ability to preach your word and to win the loss for your sake. And I'm wasting it by acting like a clown. Was I perfect the next day? No. But that was the day I chose to put childish ways behind me and to begin to grow into who God called me to be. See, when you read the next chapter in Hebrews, chapter 5, sounds really harsh, right, the way Paul is laying into him. But the very next thing we see in chapter 6, verse 1 through 3, listen to what it continues to say. <clears throat> so let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. He's saying, listen, let's stop going around the merry-go-round, all right? Let's stop having to teach you the ABCs and let's get you reading books now. Let's stop going around the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go in instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from your evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instruction about baptism, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and the eternal judgment. And so, God willing, we will move further into further understanding. We will move forward into further understanding. What is he saying? Hey, guys, do we really need to go through addition and subtraction, ABCs? Do we keep having to repeat the same, stop sinning, let's lift our hands and worship God, let's make sure that we read our devotionals every day, hey, make sure that we repent. Do I have to keep going over that over and over again? Or are we ready to win people for Jesus? Are we ready to become disciple makers? Because there's been too many years where the kids are like, I can't wait till I graduate so I can be a leader. And I'm sitting here going, I can't wait till you understand that God called you to lead now. I can't wait 
to see you decide to put childish ways behind you and say, God, I know I'm only 12 or 15 or whatever age you are, but I don't need to wait because age is just a number. It's a decision I make to put childish ways behind me. Like I said, I wasn't perfect the next day. I still had my struggles that I was working through, but it was a decision to say, it's time to grow up. It's time to become the man of God that he called me to be. And there are men and women in this room, God is calling you to step up and be who he's called you to be. The reality is, though, you have to make that decision for yourself. So I'm going to ask you to stand as we get ready to close. And I'm sorry if this word seems a little harsh in nature, but the reality is I'm not going to wait on you anymore. Like, we need to win people. We need to grow the ministry. We need to do the work that God called us to do. And the truth is, God don't need any of us. God can do it with or without us. So it's either get on or get out of the way. But I'd much rather you get on. And again, I want to preface this. Don't put this unnecessary pressure to be perfect tomorrow. It's growing in our likeness to Christ. Growing is a process. Grown means you did it. But growing is a process. That's why this series is called Growing. It's a process of becoming more like Christ. So maybe, like me, you got an issue with cussing. Do I expect you to stop swearing overnight? It took me two years. Two years of trying really hard to stop swearing. And I needed accountability, people in my small group that would check me when we weren't at church. I'd be in the middle of a conversation, I'd drop a swear word, and they go, bro, come on. And I'm like, ugh. Some people annoyed me into not swearing around them. But I had to make an actual effort to stop doing it. Some of you, you got some habits that you need help stopping. It might be, you know, things that we would consider really bad. It might be things you don't consider bad. But they're habits that are stopping you from being who God called you to be. I'm asking, are you willing to make a decision to say, listen, I'm not maybe going to stop it overnight, but I'm going to stop entertaining it and start moving forward. So I'm going to ask you to bow your head. I want to pray for you because here's the reality. In your own strength, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And if you're willing to make that decision to put childish ways behind you, God is willing to help you to mature into the likeness of Christ every day. So I'm going to pray but I want to know who I'm praying for tonight. And I need you to understand, this includes every person in the room, the youngest to oldest. And you might have your own reason. For some of you, it might be like I said, it might be swearing, it might be a porn issue, it might be a smoking issue, it might be you know, disrespect towards your family, it might be anger issues, it might be laziness, it might be just not taking seriously what you know God is calling you to do. Everybody's unique, but I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking uniquely to you. You know what your reasoning is. You know where God is calling you to mature. And you know what childish behavior God is calling you to put on the back burner. So I'm going to pray. But if you want me to include you in that prayer, just let me know by lifting up your hand real quick just so I can know who I'm praying for. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Amen. That's most of us in this room. Heavenly Father, God, you see every individual in this room. And God... Being a child is natural in the beginning. Lord, my daughter can't help 
but need the help she is. And Lord, if there's some of us in this room that, that we're still a new creation, and man, we just got saved not even too long ago. Father, I pray that you don't put that unnecessary pressure from my words on them. But Holy Spirit, I ask at the same time, would you help to continue to convict those of us who should have matured a long time ago? God, I know there's a purpose and a plan for each and every one of us. God, I know that you have a reason for why you saved us, oh Lord. And I know that you have a reason for why we're in this youth ministry here tonight. So God, I pray for every person in this room. Would you take us to a new level of maturity? Would you help us to grow spiritually? Would you help us to become everything you called us to be? Starting with putting childish ways behind us, God. Lord, we ask, would you filter our speech? That the words that we speak would be edifying. That the words that we speak would be life-giving, God. Lord, that we would no longer be disrespectful to our families. That we would no longer uh, cut people down in order to lift ourselves up. That we would no longer allow our speech to tear away, but our speech would build up. Help us, Lord, in our thinking to not be self-centered and to not only think of ourselves, but to consider others more, God. To, to understand that this world is so much greater than just us, oh Lord. To consider the things that you've asked us to consider. To be able to think beyond ourselves, oh Lord. And help us to learn to think critically, God. To not have this simple reasoning that falls for any new wave of teaching that might come across our death. Lord, I pray that you would help us and unveil your truth to us. Help us to be disciplined in the reading of your word. Help us to be disciplined and coming each and every week and becoming greater than we were last week. Growing inch by inch into our maturity of becoming more and more like you. God, we know that you have a plan for this ministry. And Father, I pray that every person in this room would be a part of that plan. That we would move forward together to honor you and to bring glory to your name. And Father, I thank you for the grace and the mercy that you have as we're growing. That you understand when we make mistakes. That you don't hold our sins against us. But you guide us and you lift us up even when we fall. So Lord, I pray, give us that same attitude towards ourselves with a striving to become better without the guilt when we mess up. That we would be humble in nature and trust you in the process. And Lord, should there be times where we fail, give us the strength and the grace to dust ourselves off and keep moving forward because we know that you're worth it. We pray this all in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said? Amen. Come on, y'all. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Would you give God a hand clap of praise? Awesome. Hey, listen, here's how we're going to close out tonight. If you need to talk to somebody, if there's some things that you're like, man, there's some stuff that's been on my heart that I feel like I need accountability for or somebody to just kind of hold me to, make sure the leaders are here for that. I'm here for that. Feel free to have that conversation. Reminder, next Friday, we got our small group kickoff. This semester, small groups is going to go all the way through. So no breaks on Fridays. We're going to have small groups every week leading up to Momentum. And Momentum is happening the week before Thanksgiving. And so registration is going to open up here in a couple of weeks. If you got any questions about that, let me know. God bless you. We love you. We will see you Sunday. Have a good one, guys.